new CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions. You never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Welcome back to another edition of the Junkyard Dogcast. I'm your host, Jordan Hill. Got the whole crew with us this week with Rusty Mansell and Kip Adams. Boys, the countdown is on. We are a day away from the National Signing Day, the December edition. Uh, let's just check in with everybody. Rusty, how is this uh, Tuesday treating you before we really get things going tomorrow? Very strong coffee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. a little different. You know, this is a time of, you know, Kip and I have been through these. <laughs> I remember, um, I'll just say I missed it. I remember doing my final predictions. You just have to wait till like 11 p.m., you know, and I would just put it off and put it off and put it off and put it off. And <laughs> one particular year, I predicted Cordell or Patterson to Georgia, only to find out about five minutes after I hit final prediction that he'd already filmed his commitment to Tennessee with ESPN. <laughs> So I don't miss those days, um, but uh, yeah, that was a. Uh, I've had a few L's, you know. I, I'll, I'll I think my numbers probably pretty good, but man, those last minute decisions, you know, I'm, I'm not going to miss those. I feel like we've kind of laid it out on the on the board who we think's in for Georgia. Uh, obviously, you watch all day tomorrow, and then you got to wait another day for Jordan Hall. Uh, he'll do his on Thursday, so um, you know, I. I it's not going to be the chaos we've had in the past. Uh, I just remember doing those final predictions. Man, I would sit around and just pace all day dreading that. And that Cordello Patterson, not, he's not my favorite Falcon. I just <laughs> I took an L with that one. Nobody bats a thousand in these for sure. Kip, uh, how is the calm before the storm treating you? Man, I remember. I think that was when I was down in uh, Valdosta. Was that the Josh Harvey Clemens year? Because I'm sitting next to Corey Dower and I'm like, Rusty post his predictions yet? <laughs> and then uh, I was like, all right, go ahead and uh, text him on Patterson there. That, that one's that, that was one of those where uh, one of the few benefits of working at ESPN was you kind of had that, you know, you, you kind of knew uh, usually which guys were filming. And, so, you know, back then it wasn't all just uh, live. A lot of these got filmed ahead of time, and, and he, he was one of those. But. Man, he was he was something else in the interviews Ooh. back then too. Uh, it was, I mean, we I I needed a cup of coffee after talking to him. It was always entertaining. Um, I think you know the last couple of years, you know, we've prepared for anything in, in this, you know, especially this this early signing period. That first one, we had no idea what to expect, and and Kirby just ran through and. And, and basically almost batted a thousand got it got everyone you know during that first signing period and you know since then it's, it's kind of been a, a little bit more calm everyone kind of knows what to expect uh you know still obviously some you know gonna be some drama and you know a lot of these teams may, you know, these programs making last minute moves trying to you know get guys to flip but for georgia i think you know we kind of know what we we think we know what to expect and like Rusty said, when you get into year 15, year 16 of doing these, 
saying, you know what to expect, you know, there's still always, always going to be a, a new surprise. I mean, we had one just a year ago with Travis Hunter. We thought we had seen it all in recruiting and we got a, a completely new, uh, you know, uh, experience and now here we are a year later and you just had to bring that name up <laughs> we're still talking about travis hunter here so uh it's oh. that is a name that is that is taking at least 30 to 40 percent off a of rusty's cell phone battery right now so uh the text, you know, here we, the text messages went from we think george is in it to i cannot believe we got travis hunter oh my god i'm like that's not what we and, said okay and just for the record those are from people oh. that rusty's mm. friends not from Oof. people who are giving him intel he did not get that text yes. not, not yet at least yes and uh <laughs> the travis hunter uh, thing it's a shame twitter spaces isn't still around because oh one of the greatest God. twitter spaces of all time yes yes <laughs> who was the kid the basketball kid that committed that time kit everybody went it's like an hour long uh, kid oh man, that, that was a Tucker, right? Wasn't yeah. that uh, went to UCLA at the end, yeah. like an hour, hour long? He had everybody, his youth pastor from kindergarten, his second grade teacher dog. <laughs> what his face would have been unbelievable that day with Isaiah Wilson's decision and that guy. That was crazy. Uh, Kip, yeah, would have well, led, was... Kip would have led the Twitter space for Isaiah Wilson. No, that was unbelievable. I, I would have left the Twitter space for Isaiah Wilson. I mean, I would have went down and got me some pizza. They had Kip uh, in timeout, and then down the hall had all the reporters in timeout down the hall as they're doing the Christmas play. Oh man, that's we, we got to do a complete pod on some stories like that one day. Absolutely, there's that. That seems like a good off season pod for sure. One. That was a great one. Kip's got all timer there. <sighs> so this will be a mailbag episode. We got a lot of questions, but I want to make sure before we start answering questions, Rusty, I want to throw it to you. Just the lay of the land for Georgia going into Wednesday. They got the number two overall class right now. Just how things look and sort of, again, what we're expecting to see on Wednesday. It's amazing to me that Georgia's sitting here with a really good class, like stupid good class. And our fan base is like, man, can we add a few more? Like, can we just close this thing off? And it's just what Kirby Smart has created is the term you just used there, Jordan. It's expected. Like, you know, I, I think I said this from day one, and I'll say this about Billy Napier, and I said it about some other guys. I have zero – I had zero reserve that Kirby Smart could recruit, and obviously he did. I knew he could recruit as a head coach. I knew he was going to bring in guys that could recruit. Could he X and O, and could he perform on Saturdays? That was the unknown. I feel like, and I still feel like, you know, even though he hadn't finished well, I still feel like Billy Napier is going to be able to get that roster strong. I don't know what Billy Napier can do on Saturdays. Now, Georgia fans have become accustomed to finishing in the top three in recruiting regardless. And now playoffs, the national championship is also expected too. So, you know, I sit here, you know, what is this year seven under Kirby Smart and, where this has come, and we, we really kind of know the pulse of, of a lot of the fan base through our message board, the junkyard. And I thought about that this morning. I thought, man, in 2015, if I was on the eve of the number two recruiting class in the country, it would be that board would be just group hugging. I mean, everybody be high fiving and probably already having some 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 cold rehydration. But you know, it's kind of a low key like this is what is expected now. Let's let's keep. You know, stocking these NFL prospects, keep stocking these top talent and, you know, what Kirby Smart has done through multiple coaching changes, through multiple guys leaving, Sam Pittman, Mel Tucker, Buster Faulkner recently. I mean, guys doing that, it's really kind of 
it's really kind of amazing that Georgia is sitting right here. I think everyone from the outside in looked at Georgia as a potential to be one of the best jobs in America because of the, the fan base facilities, the players around you, alumni, everything. But Kirby Smart has really brought this thing to a to a peak. And uh, we're about to find out, you know, if they can go even higher, uh, if they are able to go back to back. But we're sitting here with a number two recruiting class kit, probably agree, probably where they're going to finish. And um, it's really crazy that, you know, people are like, this is this is Georgia now. Kip, uh, your thoughts on that as well? Yeah, it's it's, you know, not to say there aren't some guys that, you know, they still have a chance to add. You know, we expect them to add up to four guys in the class. But overall, I mean, you look at this group and they had a lot of needs in this in this class. And I think, you know, you, you look at the linebacker trio they have. I mean, Rusty will tell you, you're not going to find a better group of, uh, you know, inside linebackers than the three they got. All the all three of those guys can end up playing, you know, on Sunday when all is said and done. And the wide receiver position, they needed help there. That's, you know, we're still talking about that with the transfer portal as well. And I think, you know, they, they've landed a couple of guys that, you know, are underrated by the industry. And so overall, when we start talking about this group, uh, I think, you know, there's maybe one or two positions where they had some, you know, some, some misses in this group. And even coming off a national championship, you're not going to bat a thousand because you're not recruiting against air there. You know, there's resistance here. There are other programs out there that have elite recruiters, especially in the Southeast. And then they're battling for guys at every position. And and so you you look at you know a couple of misses here and there, but you also have to look at the fact that you know they they're they've had some huge wins this cycle, and I think when all is said done, they're going to end up with uh, top five prospects from eight different states, and that's that's just one of those you know stats that kind of stands out that like obviously the state of Georgia is going to be talked about. You can find you know the 138th player in the state will commit to South Carolina or Tennessee. And on the junkyard, they'll be like, the Kirby Smart missing this guy. You know, why, why didn't this guy get a look from Georgia? Because that's just how deep the state is. Uh, but at the same time, Kirby Smart is recruiting at a you know, national level. It's a national brand. All you have to do is look at, you know, at the tight end room and, and see Brock Bowers and Darnell Washington coming in from you know, Las Vegas and California and the impact they had to know that he's not going to look at this as borders. There's, it's a borderless recruiting system, and it's one that's benefited them a lot. And I just think this class, you know, from top to bottom, it's got some impact players at some positions they really needed to hit on. Derek Durham there tells me to breathe if we're going to end up with number one class. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to breathe if they're number one. face is about to turn purple. <laughs> it's the ones where they go blink. That's the ones that really uh, – so, look, I feel confident in Georgia. I want to answer a few questions there. The, you know, Travis Hunter will not be on campus at Georgia at all. He will not – Travis Hunter can get in a car and ride around. Travis Hunter has been to Georgia 35 times in his high school career. You know, he, that's not – they cannot be on campus. Can he talk to Georgia staff? Yes. Has he talked to Georgia staff? Yes, he has. Um, confirmed that part. But uh, he will not be on campus. And do I know when he's going to make a decision? I do not. All I'm confident in is he will make a decision before uh, the next semester starts for either one of those schools. I feel like my personal feeling is this thing's getting down to Colorado and Georgia. And um, – Probably shouldn't surprise anybody there. Uh, Miami is a team potentially get involved, but everything I've heard today is Travis is not, he's not trying to entertain a hundred calls. This kid's been through it. Obviously he's been through it. 
and uh, we'll, we'll see as it goes. But uh, a couple of people I've mentioned, he will not be in Athens. He will not be watching practice. He will not be anywhere near Georgia, would not do anything like that to jeopardize um, a, a recruitment of a player, you know, of that, that caliber. Yeah, I was going to say for Christmas, I'm going to get you and Kip uh, some of those sunglasses those poker players uh, wear, and y'all have to wear them on the podcast. Cause any, any move y'all make, oh, I, oh, he blinked. I think he winked. I think, oh, oh, buddy. Uh, Gotta love it. Gotta love it. So push, Kip, could, Kip, push your curls back if we end up with two transfer wires. You know, I, went, I went to do it, and I saw I caught myself doing it and realized they could end up with three. So, I mean, Travis Hunter's going. He's a he's a wide receiver. They could end up with him. They could end up with Ra Ra Thomas, and obviously Dominic Lovick. It's a guy that they're after as well. So I don't want to push the curl back, and then uh, you know they end up actually getting more than two. So I, I didn't know. I didn't know if he meant two specifically. You know, they. I think they do end up with two. Uh, you know, transfer wide receivers. I guess minimum. Uh, you know, I, I think you know they get two guys, but they could end up with more than two. So you know, I don't want to, I don't want to limit things there. I don't want to, you know, minimize the curl getting pushed back. You, there, you notice so. they didn't say Rusty push your curls back because it would be a, <laughs> that would be an ale. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're both working within our strengths. Oh here. man. Well, we'll take a quick break, real quick, and then just jump full throttle into the questions. Well, we'll take a quick break. Be right back. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. Welcome back, everybody. Well, we'll start with a, a pretty interesting question, and I'm going to defer to my coworkers here because this will be my first time at it. The dog who barks asks, what is y'all's early signing day routine as a staff? And I'll start with you, Kip. What does your uh, early signing day sort of look like, what it has looked like the last few years as we watch these signings come in and kind of keep track of what uh, is going on with Georgia? Yeah, I was going to say, it's definitely changed over the last uh, in couple of years. It used to be, we just split up. We picked who we were going to go drive and see. You know, uh, which are you? You know, are you going to Tucker? Are you going to go to McEachern? Uh, who's going to ha- who's getting the you know drawing the short stick and draw and driving to South Georgia? I did a couple of crisp counties, and mm. you know, Lowndes was always one we went to uh, every year. Or, or maybe one of us needed to you know go to South Carolina, five star over there. Heck, I remember going to Kwame Gathers and still had the. Uh, the Tom Tom uh, in the middle of the car and it reading that I was in the Atlantic ocean. It, it, it thought there was no GPS. So it thought I was in the water when I pull up there and there's no signal. And, and then, you know, Kwame gathers, puts on a UCF hat and proceeds to, he keeps it on for a couple minutes before telling everyone he was kidding and he's going to Georgia. And so, uh, you know, the the delay in reporting there w- was uh, entertaining to say the least. But now, you know, it's it's just kind of changed. They're all, you know, kind of announcing they have their own medium. A lot of them are, you know, going to be on TV and announcing live. And then obviously, you know, Rusty's got a pretty good pulse and, and has things covered. So for me now, it's just making sure we got our content ready to roll. And that we're prepared for any situation to make sure our readers have the news as soon as it happens. So it's just kind of, uh, you know, 
you can't really schedule the day because even though you know you kind of have some guys telling you I'm signing this time, I'm signing that time, that's not you. It doesn't go that way, and so you just have to the look and see, and when the big names are, when you know when they plan to announce, kind of set your clock by those times, and then obviously when Kirby Smart talks, that's a big moment as well. But you know we try to just work together uh, with with these two guys here and, and make sure that that we have everything planned so. While the junkyard will be chaotic no matter what, and even if they, you know, everything goes as planned, there will still be nervous people waiting to, to make sure nothing's changed and to make sure everyone comes in and wondering, you know, why AJ Harris announced it at 8:30 a.m. but yet Georgia hasn't announced him at you know 12:33 p.m. Uh, you know, we're just there to make sure that uh, everything goes as smoothly as possible, and our guys have all the info the accurate up-to-date info. So that's kind of where things are now. We're, we're always ready to pivot anything, but we, we try to make sure our readers are the most informed Georgia fans on the planet. And I think we do a pretty good job of that. You got to keep your head on a swivel when you're covering mm-hmm. early signing day. What is it? What has it looked like the last few years for you, Rusty, and, and what the day winds up being for you? A lot different. Yeah, obviously for a while there doing it with a radio station in Atlanta, we would do the uh, sports and socials. I remember the 2018 class, the whole idea, uh, Pace Academy called me and Jamari Salyer wanted to do his announcement in a place big enough to um, host a lot of people. So we kind of parlayed that into sports and social to battery. And it turned into one of the best days that I've ever been involved with. We had 11 kids make their decisions that day. And it was, I mean, it, look, it, it, it was a stroke of luck. But to have Jamari be able to make his decision that morning at a place in front of that many people, um, you know, Emory Jones, the several people went that day and made their decision. So it was Chris Smith was there. Uh, oh, by the way, Chris Smith, who's still playing at Georgia, made his decision there that day. So it was really cool that to have that many. But, you know, today's world, there's not that many kids left to make decisions tomorrow. Um, I think for the Georgia fans, obviously, tomorrow at 3 p.m. on ESPN, I'll be watching Damon Wilson, the five star. And, um, you know, here's the thing. You, you, you find this out later and we we won't know, but, you know, most likely, Daniel Wilson will send his LOI in tomorrow morning at 7.30, wherever he's going, and that, that school will not announce until after he makes his decision. You're not going to sit there all day but have to struggle and, you know, fight your nerves all day. That The school that's getting him will know when he walks up. That's very rare. N'Kobe Dean, however, <laughs> he was not one. So, N'Kobe Dean did a good job of keeping uh, several places, and including Rusty Mansell guessing, I think I – in the end of the day, my crystal ball was right on Kobe Dean for about three months. I missed Kobe Dean's decision about four times in the last hour. Uh, that was – that was. Um, in fact, I've heard Dan Lenning tell that story at a coaching clinic, I believe, and he said that Kirby Smart was sick that day. Kirby Smart's laying on the couch in his office. Dan Lanning watched it, not, not knowing whether they're getting it or not. It announced it like the whole hall dog pile. And they go in and basically wait Kirby Smart to him to death. And he, he watches it right as he says it. So uh, sometimes they don't know either. And, uh, you know, that what a decision that would have turned out being for, for a player to come back to Georgia, the type of leader he was. So, you know, there'll be some things tomorrow. There'll be a lot of decisions around the country. But I feel like that we've got a good pulse on what Georgia is going to add. And uh, we'll see tomorrow uh, as, as we're riding. And, again, Jordan Hall will make his decision on Thursday. And I've said Georgia for a while there. I feel like he's a he's a major prospect and for, major target for them. And, you know, you start talking about fit 
what he what he brings to Georgia, I feel like Jordan Hall is going to. I mean, I feel like he's going to be really, really good under Trey Scott in that system. Next question is from Evans Junkyard Dog, who asks, in three years, when we look back on this class, who will be the dude? And I'll throw it to you, Rusty. Who who really strikes you as the guy that is going to be, uh, you know, a few years down the road? I get one. I get one. You, get, you take as many as you want, my friend. Mm-hmm. I, I really truthfully think if you want to go, like, high pick, I think Redland Wilson's a surefire NFL guy. I just think he fits everything. The way college football, he's got the NFL pedigree with his dad playing in the NFL. Uh, I've watched a lot of tape on him. I think Raylan Wilson has the impact that that can be a highlight because he fits the collegiate game. And you give him a couple years in the weight room and, and what he can do in the NFL because of how big and fast he is and he can cover. Uh, I think Raylan Wilson is going to be an absolute really, really good player at Georgia. I would go B, I would say Jordan Hall, because of the defensive, the ability to develop defensive linemen. I've spent three days with Jordan Hall last July in Naples, and I watched that kid work like he had zero offers. And what impressed me the most, three days of practices, didn't have to be there. He had 50 offers, could committed to Georgia, Alabama, LSU, whatever. He's with some kids that don't have any offers. And when the coach would speak to the group at the end of the day, you're talking about Naples in July now. It, it's, it's warm. When the coach would speak to the position group, he was the first person in front of the coach, had his helmet off, and the kid just loves football. And when you have that type of mentality, his physical ability and what Georgia has shown to do with big men, especially defensive linemen, I think Jordan Hall can be – he can be that next guy that Georgia fans really know that this guy's this guy's going to be a star too. Kip, uh, who strikes you as of the guys that they are looking at in this class that could be uh, the guy in a few years? Well, I'm going to start with Tyler Williams, the wide receiver out of Lakeland. I think he's a guy that can just do it all. And I think that Georgia's got a couple wide receivers that I think you know maybe a little – undervalued by the industry and i think him even inside the top 100 with the 24 7 sports composite uh, i think is a guy that could be a top 50 guy and 6'3 200 pounds uh you know still learning to play the position but just i think he's a big play machine i I think he just has a lot of upside uh a guy that can really fit in well with what georgia likes to do offensively i think after the catch you know, kind of an aspect that Georgia's lacked this season is guys who can, uh, you know, break tackles and, and make plays after the catch. And I, I think he's a, he's a guy that continues to make strides as a route runner. Uh, I think, he'll, you know, he's got the size to, to, to be a solid blocker out there on the perimeter, which is obviously important for what Georgia wants to do, how physical they want to be at the line of scrimmage. And I think he's just going to get better at playing the game of football. Uh, uh, his junior season – and it wasn't really playing a, a lot of wide receiver, able to really make a big impact as a senior, a big return man, plays in one of the, the state's best programs. And I think once he adjusts, I, I think the, the sky is the limit for him. And since Rusty got two, I'm going to go with a multi-sport athlete in Chris Peel uh, out of North Carolina, a guy that just makes a lot of plays. You, you turn the film on and you see a guy that you could tell he loves the game of football. And he's out there, you know, uh, making plays in all three phases of the game. But it's also a guy that, you know, has solid, impressive track numbers. So over 44 foot on the triple jump, 
I, I think that that tells me that, you know, he's got the athleticism and you'll get the film. He does everything for that program. I, I think that's a guy that, you know, again, isn't one of the more highly rated guys in this class, but is still a top 200 player. That's just kind of where Georgia is when the average player in Georgia's class is a top 150 guy. I think I looked at the other day and saw that I think 100, 142, uh, the average player rating for Georgia's class is right around that 142 mark in the country. And that's just a really high mark. And, and for Chris Peel to be, you know, a little bit under that, I think he's a guy that can come in and kind of, as, I guess, as a sleeper in this day and age, as a, a middle four star, six foot, 175 pounds, and, and go in a, and make a big impact. Maybe not in year one, but I think in year two and year three, uh, Georgia defensive backs, they've kind of shown that, you know, maybe you're not making an instant impact, but by the time your career's done, you just look at Chris Smith and the year he had coming back for that, you know, that extra year made all the difference for him. He's an All American right now. And I, I do think that. You know, Chris Bell has some traits. Chris Bell has some traits there that could really shine at the next level. Yeah, with my answer, I think I would lean with Rusty and Raylan Wilson. I mean, and and I cannot get over the amount of talent that inside linebacker room is going to have the next few years. Because you think too that Jamon and Smile are just sophomores, and so to add the three guys they're adding, it's incredible. And uh, yeah, Raylan's the guy to me and. Guy I'm intrigued by just to see what he's able to do as a guy that I covered a little bit in high school, A.J. Harris uh, from Glenwood and finished up at Central Phoenix City. Just got a lot of uh, physical traits. And, and to get, you know, come into Georgia and get to work with Will Muschamp and Kirby Smart, I'm just really intrigued to see how he develops and what he's able to do. Uh, uh, let's see. Next question is going to be from Hunker Down, who asked, this may be too early, but which soon-to-be signee, in your opinion, is much better than his recruiting ranking? I'll start with you, Kip. Is there anyone that really strikes you as, um, you know, being a guy that could get to Georgia and play past what uh, everybody perceives as his uh, recruiting ranking? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with offensive lineman Joshua Miller, a guy out of Virginia that came in, came to camp, uh, and immediately shot up the board. There were a number of offensive linemen in this class that. You know, Georgia seemed to be hot, hot after. And as soon as that camp season started, the, the recruiting board, you, you immediately just saw it change. There were different guys that they were in with. And that tells you that, you know, they saw some guys in person and some guys impressed and, and maybe some guys didn't measure up the way they thought they would. And I think Dasha Miller is one of those guys that came in and, and Stacey Cyril saw him and, and didn't say no. Six five, three hundred and five pounds, like I said, out of Virginia. I think he's got, you know, just the, the the physical makeup right there to play multiple positions and to show some versatility and some physicality. Uh, Stacey Searles puts a, a high premium on that because he knows he can get them there technically. You know, that's that's what he that's where he excels at is just making sure that, you know, his offensive linemen are technically sound. I think physically Josh Miller has the size year or two in the program. You get a guy that you base you flip from Penn State, which Georgia did a couple times this cycle, just the way it worked out. Uh, I think he's a guy that down the road could really, really play a lot of high quality football for Georgia's offensive line. Rusty, is there a player that strikes you that you think will play beyond what what is perceived as his recruiting ranking coming into this? I'm actually pretty confident in this one, and uh, based off some of the early re- feedback I've got, I'm 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 pretty confident in Yazid Yazid Haynes. The wide receiver out of Philly, uh, he's a three-star, I think, in the composite, and um, I think that he's going to be that guy. Uh, he, he he's got some 
he's got some juice to him. And um, based off his little initial workout from what I'm hearing uh, when he got on campus, uh, probably probably pretty good evaluation by the Georgia staff. We'll see what happens as he gets into practice and puts pads on. And I'm not saying this kid's a five-star, but I'm saying I, I think he's a little bit better. And I will tell you this, I had he trained down in Georgia. That was the first time I've heard of him. He trained down in Georgia last January and February with some guys in the Atlanta area, and they were the first people ever to hit me up about him. And I get hit up a lot about players, but I had to go back and look at that tape those guys had sent me. And uh, these are guys that train NFL wide receivers. And there's some people that are really, really high on this young man. And I feel like that he is going to be uh, um, a player that can jump into the mix pretty quickly, barring anything crazy. Also want to say, I think it's a quick shout out there to uh, Darius, uh, Darius Smith's dads here in the comments and, Young man got me to Appling County, and I didn't know where Appling County was, but I went to Baxley, Georgia, and saw him, I think as a sophomore, first time, and now he's a 6'6", you know, 225, 230-pound uh, young man that's going to be counting to play a lot at Georgia. I remember watching his track. Last year, we all saw his track and, um, you know, and seeing we've, – we've seen athletes like that before and, and measurable. So it's good to see, you know, people in here and, and parents with us as well. Um, but I, I would say Yazid Haynes is the guy that I think – um, is a guy that's going to outplay his ranking, and I feel pretty confident so far. Yeah, Haynes was my pick, and and you had talked about that too, Rusty, that it seemed like the Georgia coaches kind of got on him at a good time and, and before yeah. he really kind of got a lot of attention. And yeah. I would watch some of his highlights just from this senior season, and, I mean, I was very impressed with what he was able to do. He transferred schools, and, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm not going to try to be the Philly expert on levels, but – so when I heard a couple of things about that, I made some calls and talked to some people and he went to a school and basically dominated. Uh, and, you know, for Georgia's, he shut it down. Penn State thought they had him. Uh, Georgia were able to get him. Fran Brown was huge in that. Brian McClendon was big there. So we'll see as the spring goes on. But um, just some early buzz off of those young players that were in this weekend and did their little personal workouts and things. I think I think Haynes was a guy like people are like, oh, boy. This is this is nice. So we'll see how he goes through this through the spring and through the winter. Uh, you know, things we hear about him. But certainly I think he had a, a fairly good impression on that staff this weekend. Before we wrap this episode up, go to each of y'all and, and just give parting thoughts before we get to Wednesday. I mean, my, my expectation, as we've talked about, is it'll be kind of run of the mill in that Georgia's still going to get probably the number two class. But, you know. You never know going on into a day like this, but I think we kind of have a good feel for what's coming. Uh, Rusty, thoughts uh, before we wrap this podcast up about just what we'll see on Wednesday? I thought Georgia had a chance with some things, um, you know, as November approached, especially after that Tennessee weekend. And um, I thought Georgia had a chance. I never said that in this cycle. Very careful about that. Never said Georgia had a chance. Georgia needed to win a few uh, to, to, to wind up being number one. And I'll say – you know, looks like congratulations to Alabama. They're, I, I think they're going to finish number one. They closed off a few. They were able to hold Caleb Downs and hold Justice Haynes. So, you know, with me, that kind of sealed that thing. I was interested specifically at that time if Justice Haynes would actually flip to Georgia. And if Caleb Downs would, you know, there was some buzz behind the scenes. Ohio State was the team that, you know, they, they were in this thing till, till the end. But, you know, Alabama holds. But we'll, I'll say this with Georgia. If you're going to get real picky, uh, obviously the people that follow every day know they miss the five techs, those three guys, Kelby Collins, Cameron James, and, and those those type bodies. 
And then they miss Justice Haynes. We're not going to sugarcoat that. But you take that away, I think this class, man, is just this is this is a Kirby Smart special. I mean, what they have done and what they got potential to finish off. And you start talking about what makes Georgia different. Uh, I had a high school coach tell me Friday, call me on the way home from watching Georgia. He goes, man, I, I've never seen people that big. You know, that's just what Georgia is. I mean, they're they're large humans and um you know there's only so many of those around in alabama and ohio state and michigan and georgia they all look the same but georgia when you see them up close and you see them in person i don't care how many georgia games you've been to over the last 30 40 years until you see what they're trotting out there right now it is crazy how big and fast they are at every position i wish people could see keely ringo just walk up and realize that kid plays corner like he looks like a linebacker, you know. I mean, so uh, Malachi Starks, I mean, big guy. Uh, you know, there, there's just it's crazy. I, you know, you look the success Quay Walker had last night. Kip knows this. The first time you see Quay Walker in person, you think that dude's six four. Like that dude's running around in space as a linebacker. There's only so many. There's only so many of those. And you go back to the very first press conference, and I don't know the exact quote. But Kirby Smart said, we have got to get longer, faster, and stronger, basically in those words. And uh, they, they, have, they have flipped this roster for sure. One through 85, uh, one through 105, whatever the number is, being Kip, I have to, have to try to guess. But one through 85, you want to talk about a roster at Georgia? Oof, it is just some dudes. And even the walk-ons, it's incredible. Oh, my God, yeah. I mean, they're getting people <laughs> that are committed other places to come. You know, that's the <laughs> – kind of different thing like you know you see buster faulkner he came to georgia to put the sec in georgia on his resume and he got a job these walk-ons are going to georgia to put it on there get the tape of just practicing at georgia and then going other places you know that's kind of that's kind of where we are right now kip uh, your final thoughts as we get ready for uh wednesday Georgia had, you know, they had several needs in this class, and I think you're seeing them just flip multiple position rooms. You just look at, again, we've talked about the wide receiver position, you know, and a couple of guys that we think are going to, you know, have very promising careers in Athens. And, you know, they have other guys as well. Anthony Evans, the speed that he brings to the table, you know, bringing in uh, Lawson Lucky and Pierce Sperlin at the tight end position. I, I think the pass catchers, they're continuing to, you know, increase the talent level there. And then also the, the edge rusher position. It's, I mean, it's been a point of focus this season. Where is Georgia getting its pressure on quarterbacks? You know, and the young guys that position when Marvin Jones Jr. is healthy, Michael Williams is obviously flashed a lot. But you look at this group, if they're able to add a guy like Damon Wilson, who you know, Lakeland put everybody they could on him, and he still had seven tackles, I think a sack in that game. He looked good in that game. And I think uh, if, if if he's participating in the All-American events as well, I think they're going to look at him and, and think, you know what, man, maybe we're a little low on him as far as the industry is concerned. But if they're able to add a guy like that to the group they already have, Samuel and Pimbo, a lot of potential, uh, you know, outstanding frame. You've seen the workout videos of him. I mean, once once he continues to, you know, to – learn how to play the position, he's got a lot of upside. But there was a guy that went down to IMG Academy from Valdosta this past year and took a lot of playing time from some other guys that were highly rated in Gabe Harris. And I think that, that's another guy that, again, 
I think, you know, you get them in that room and uh, Georgia's got some, some guy, they flipped that room around fairly quickly at that position. You always, you can never have too many edge rushers. There's one that jumps in the portal that you know, looks like you can come in and make an instant impact. I'm sure Georgia will look at it, but right now, you know, just looking at the high school guys and focusing on these guys before we start looking at this talking transfer portal, I, I think, Georgia's answered its biggest needs in this class, and, and they've stacked position rooms that were a question mark throughout this season. Steve Wolf almost called me three times. So I need to take a poll on the side over there. I need to take this call, or you need to put it off. So <laughs> Steve's not calling to ask me what I want for Christmas. I can tell you that. <laughs> we'll wrap this up. I will throw out there at Army Dog 81. I got a Venmo him 20 bucks. He asked a men's basketball recruiting question. Oh, the my name, God. The name I just throw out there, Asa Newell. He's a five star power forward. His brother Jordan's uncle has chimed in right here. Yes, uh, <laughs> his uh, brother Jaden is a walk-on at Georgia, so that would be a guy they are heavy after. So we're gonna wrap this up. Big win, big win against Notre Dame. I mean, I, I think that's got some people's attention. Absolutely, got a lot of people excited and rightfully so. So we'll get out of here on that. Be sure to be all over Dogs Two Four Seven the next couple of days as we write about everything going on. I think we'll get Kirby Smart around eleven thirty. Will be his press conference. So be on the lookout for updates from that. But we'll wrap it up here for Rusty Mansell and Kip Adams. I'm Jordan Hill. Appreciate everybody watching and listening. Until next time, take care.